0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Views from the Wings podcast. And, you know, Nick Sirianni, he took the pre- he took his first press conference as the Eagles head coach. And, you know, at the beginning of it, he sounded very nervous. But as he got into it a little bit further on, he was able to explain what his, you know, philosophies, philosophies were. And I just listening to that. I just think that's something that the Eagles needed. You know, Doug, he never brought any of that to the table. Like, he... I feel like when Doug was hired, it was really just uh, just trying to fix Chip Kelly's mess, and people were like, okay with it. And now people are really bought into what Nick Sirianni is going to do with the coaching staff that he's starting to bring in and certain assistants. So, yeah, it's, I'm I'm really looking forward to the upcoming offseason and what they do, and hopefully we can have a answer on who the starting quarterback is going to be, but we didn't hear about that, so...
1: Um, Yeah, it was a pretty boring press conference um, that seems like a lot of Philly media tried to turn that boring press conference, not even just Philly media, but national media too, tried to turn that, you know, boring press conference into a story for some reason, um, which is weird because, like, you really didn't hear a whole lot of, you know, there wasn't, like, a huge reaction on Twitter to even, like, what Dan Campbell did. Like, with his interview, it was the most polarizing, like, crazy interview I've seen in a while and I didn't see nearly as much out, like you know crazy you know responses to it like I did with the Sirianni thing and it's just like I don't understand why we're, we're looking at a guy who stuttered you know for 30 seconds in an hour-long press conference and you're, you're using that and, and trying to use it as like a reason as, as to how he's not gonna be good or how he wasn't qualified. It's just crazy to me and I, I look at I look at the speech Dan Campbell gave. And to me, that is an unqualified candidate. I mean, Sirianni was talking about having a system in place, having a system that's simple to learn but difficult to defend, and he stumbled a couple times trying to explain it. But and people freaked out. But but you have Dan Campbell who is literally going on crazy rants about nothing, about like barroom fights and, and biting off kneecaps, and, and people are people are loving it. So I don't understand how like how Sirianni can be looked at as unprepared or Un, un um, you know, undeserving of the job because, like, you got—I'm sure you saw like Skip Bayless or not Skip Bayless, but um, um oh gosh, the other Andy one, Sharp. yeah, Shannon Sharp going off about it. He was one of the big, like, one of the main ones. A series of tweets about it, and it's—it's it's so annoying because it—it's it, clearly just him trying to to make it about like a, a a race card situation, you know, like a race situation, and and I don't understand. I don't understand where he's coming from with that. Just out of based on a press conference, so I thought the whole situation was just <clears throat> ridiculous. Um, I thought Sirianni said some, you know, some nice things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am excited about the staff they've got around him. Um, yeah, I don't know much about the, their coordinators. Um, like I haven't really heard their names before, but um, the their quarterback coach they got uh, Brian Brian Wilson, right? Wasn't is that his Brian
0: Johnson name? out of Florida? He he kind of you know. He was a major part in Caltras' development. He Caltras ended up being a Heisman candidate, so a Heisman finalist. So he kind of he kind of improved there. And you know, yeah, they're just starting to bring coaches that we probably haven't heard of, like the defensive coordinator now is Jonathan and We really didn't hear about him until probably a few weeks ago, where he was getting traction to become a DC, and he's getting league-wide interest. And I think. Sirianni wanted to bring him bring him in just because they knew each other and he knew his philosophy and yeah, then you have the special teams coordinator was also announced. It was Michael Clay. He used to be he was here here under Chip Kelly, so he kind of he he knows what he's doing and you know, they brought in a lot of young coaches but I, which I don't have a problem with. They're trying to, you know, try to rebuild this whole organization to where it was so now though the coaches that i think they've only retained were just statling which was a pretty big he he that was one coach i think that needed to be retained because he's done such a good job with the offensive line and developing developing guys like jordan mailada and nate herbig and jack just and all these guys so it's important to have some continuity at their I think earlier today it was released that the Eagles were, wouldn't be retaining uh, Marquand Manuel as a DB coach. They ended up hiring a guy named Denard Wilson from the Jets. So, yeah, Nick, he's starting to bring in his own guys, which I which I think is a smart thing to do. But I also think he should keep a few guys around. So, yeah. And going back to your point on Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp, he, he should have no quarrels with what Nick Sirianni did because this guy I, I saw you like you did you posted that t- uh, the video of him stuttering so I don't think he he really should be talking but if he's been on this whole Eric B enemy should have gotten a job yeah he shouldn't got a job but the Eagles also requested an interview with him and that she's denied it so I don't know where where he's coming from I just think it's this is like a bunch of nonsense you know
1: yeah. and and that's that's media nowadays, man. It's it's, and I hate to constantly feel like I'm just like constantly dragging on on national media or, or even Philly media because I think I think journalism is is an integral part of sports, and I think it's an extremely important part. But when you've got people like Shannon Sharp, who I usually like, I usually like Shannon Sharp. He's yeah. he's you know he's got sound bites and all that. But whenever you whenever you're standing on this hill and, and you're willing to die on this hill of oh that the Eagles passed over Eric the enemy because of racism and, and you're willing to die on that Hill. That, that to me is just crazy. It's crazy. And it's crazy to me that he's making fun of, of Sirianni uh, for stuttering when he has got the worst stutter issue. And, you know, like, like you said, when I posted that video, like he's got the worst stuttering issue of like any major talking head in sports. And a lot of that is probably due to the fact he got hit in the head a million times. So the fact he's so like insensitive to, to people that, have those types of issues, and I don't even know if Sirianni has an issue with stuttering. Who knows?
0: I just think he's one of those Sirianni. He's one of those guys who probably doesn't like talking in front of the media. He'd rather talking in front of the team. Like mm-hmm. I saw, there's this one video where he was talking in front of the offense. I think and you can you can see how eloquently he sounded, and how smooth he came across. And you know what's gonna shed He better not. Started on Monday or throughout the whole week because
1: Eagles it was gonna comfort his head. And oh yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I and you know when I, <laughs> when I before I made that tweet, I just I was thinking because I didn't even know these videos existed. There's like a, a dozen different compilations of Shannon oh, yeah. show. I just thought it was hilarious because I'm like, well I've listened to him talk before. I know he's got an issue with it. So when I went to Google it and I saw all these videos, I'm like, oh yeah, this this is great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it just, it's just—it's one of those things that it's Philly. It's an easy target.
1: That's—that's
0: mm. that's probably about it. Like, it was just ridiculous seeing all these people with check marks just bashing Nick just for because he stumbled over a few words, and you know, that kind of got me a little bit. That you know that made me made me feel hurt a little bit because that's my <laughs> that's my coach. Like you keep yeah. me talking about something that you know is a. Issue that mo- some people have, where they st- where they started and you shouldn't be making fun of that.
1: That's mm.
0: hateful yeah, and disrespectful to that to a group of people. And you know, I hope whenever we win a Super Bowl, if it's under Cerny, I hope one of the players, you know, just drags, uh, chin and sharp like how Jason Kelsey did to Mike Lombardi. So mm-hmm. hopefully that'll happen. And yeah.
1: Yeah, that would be great.
0: That would be great. Yeah, and just what what are your feelings on this whole, like, you know, Nick Sirianni is a hire and stuff? Because last time we talked, he didn't – it wasn't announced officially,
1: but we Mm -hmm. knew he was going to be the head coach. So where where I stand with it is I think the Eagles – um, and Jeffrey Lurie, I think that they want to desperately find their Andy Reid again, and yeah. I, I think they think Sirianni can, can be that type of guy. And when you look at Andy Reid and the coaching staff he brought with them, I mean they weren't like all these well-known guys. He developed these guys, you know, all the you know the the people that were a part of his coaching staff, you know, the Leslie Frazier's of the world, the, the Ron Rivera's of the world those guys weren't people, you know, those guys weren't coaches until Andy brought them in. And I think that maybe they feel like they can get back to that. And maybe, maybe that is um like trying, maybe, maybe that is trying to capture something that may never happen again. And I don't know if that's what they're trying to do, but I think it's, I think it's smart to go in this direction because at, at least they have a plan. It seems like they have a real, a real plan of who they want to be in charge of this team. As far as coaching staff, they want a young staff. They want to they want a staff with lots of energy, you know, they, they want a certain type of feel from their coaching staff. And I, as long as they have a plan, I'm fine with it. You know, as long as they're not, you know, walking through this, like like back in 20, when they fired Chip, it didn't really seem like they had a huge plan or like yeah. the a scheme of a plan until they got Doug. Then once they got Doug, it's like, okay, now we know we're going to get the quarterback, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. So I think that um, – Time will tell how good Sirianni is. Um, You never know, man, and and people want to make big deals out of press conferences, and you you just never know what what the press conference you know that doesn't make or break a coach. It never has, and it never will. And um, at the end of the day, I'm happy with the hire because it's um, you're kind. the, The team's not going towards like the boring retread. You know, hire the guy that as you know, the, the Jim Caldwell. And I, and I think Jim Cald- Caldwell should get a, a job as a head coach, so I'm not trying to single him out. But I think that instead of going that direction of uh, someone who's been a head coach before, failed, and then was a coordinator, and then wants to get back to it, even with Josh McDaniels, that, that's kind of the same situation where it's a head coach that failed, went back to being a coordinator, and, and um, you know wants to be head coach again. So. I think that with Sirianni that you're, you're taking a big chance, but, you know, big risk comes big reward. So I, I'm I'm A-OK with the hire, and I think it could be – I think it could be like a, a, a Doug Peterson hire like they did back in 2016. It could be a, a low-key hire that ends up winning a Super Bowl in a few years.
0: Yeah, and I just think back in 2016 when they hired Doug, you didn't really get that sense that the whole, the whole organization was bought in. Now, five years later, you're seeing – this whole organization bought into Nick Sirianni. Like they they released a call of him accepting Jeffrey Lurie, offering the job and him accepting it and doing all this, doing all this background information on him, like him as a coach him as a player, and then releasing all these videos. Like, do you remember when, do you, do you remember if Doug ever did like a sit down with Dave Sidera and just went over his off. His offensive philosophies and what he expects from the whole team. I don't remember that. Yeah,
1: like no, I I don't recall it, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, Nick, he sat down with Dave Soder for like seventeen minutes, was just talking about like football and what he expects from the team. So, I just think the Eagles were really, they're really, they're really excited by the hire of Nick Sirianni. I think, and I think the whole fan base is because people wanted, you know. As much as we loved Doug for bringing us the Super Bowl he really after that year he really didn't bring anything to the table like he, all he was doing was just promoting guys from within and that ended up biting in the biting him in the ass but I just think the Eagles they wanted to go in a whole different direction and I, I know Jeffrey Lurie he loves Andy Reid like and he probably wanted to go there but he knew that we'd probably be getting into the same situation that Doug was in towards the end of his tenure in Philly. Like the guy would want control. Now we don't know we don't know if Nick is Nick Seriani would want control, but it's looking like Howie Roseman is on his last legs as a GM in Philadelphia because Nick he said yesterday that Howie's gonna have final say on the fifty three not on the he's gonna have final say in the draft, but Nick is gonna have Final say on the forty-seven men who we sued up on Sunday. So that's kind of giving you information that all. Oh, Howie Roseman is now like, if he doesn't have a good, he needs to hit on this draft. He need, at least hit, hit hit on a few free agents. But if he doesn't, he could. This could be his last year in Philly, and Jeffrey Lurie could go bring in somebody else to replace him. So.
1: Yeah, it's it's a super important and like we talked about before with this trap because of the cap situation they're in. I mean, they can't they can't very well go sign a whole bunch of guys um, with, with the situation they're in. And I don't know, there's not a ton of a ton of ways that you can get out of that situation unless you get rid of you know like Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, you know some some big name guys on there. Which there's a good chance Ertz is gone as well. But I still don't think that they're going to be able to make enough moves to. Clear up enough space to do much of anything in free agency. So when they look at when I look at this year, it's probably gonna be tough um, to be a real contender just because when you look at the roster, they're not gonna be able to inject a, a whole lot of new players into it. Um, and when they do, they're gonna be young you know, young guys will be rookies. So um, he's definitely gonna have. This is a huge offseason because he's you know he doesn't have a whole lot to work with. He doesn't have a, a lot of cap room and. The one resource he has, which are draft picks, he's not very good at, at evaluating talent. So he's going to have to delegate. I think he's going to have to um, make sure that John Dorsey has a has a huge voice. That even Nick Sirianni has a huge voice. Because if you look at some of the past Colts drafts, they've got some pretty talented players. I mean, they were they traded for um, Solomon. Was it not, um, DeForest Buckner? Solomon yeah. Thomas? Was it that got traded? DeForest Buckner. Right. Okay. I know, I know I can, I always get all these guys mixed up there, but, <laughs> but I mean, they obviously have a coaching staff that can evaluate talent. You know, M- Malik Hooker was a, was a great safety. I know he's had some injury issues, but right. You know, Darius Leonard's a monster on the, on the, at the linebacker position. So the the Colts, they obviously have brought in a ton of the Colts. The Eagles are kind of like the Colts of, of the East right now, but <laughs> they, obviously the Colts are a good organization and, um, been living close by in the area, I, I see a lot of Colts media. You know, I, I see. You know, there's a lot, there's. I would say there's not as many Colts fans as you would as you would think actually around here. But okay. um, But uh, their organization, I mean, they they, 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 I think they're they're a pretty solid organization. So I'm not I'm not mad at the fact that they're trying to kind of bring in all those people from that coaching staff because obviously Frank Reich has built something pretty good over there.
0: Yeah, he. T- yeah, Chris Ballard, he's a pretty good GM and he you know, he's been hitting on, you know, getting guys like Michael Pittman and then Jonathan Taylor in the previous draft. So hopefully Nick will be able to take what he's learned in Indy and bring it to Philly and hopefully we can get an impact guy impact guys throughout the draft, whether it be at six or in the second, third, fourth, fifth or sixth round. So it's kind of you know we're heading into draft season right now, so it's you know the scouting combine is not the scouting combine, the Senior Bowl is happening right now. So there are a lot of interesting, you know, interesting players to look at. You know you have the obvious ones in um, Devonta, Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts, but those guys didn't they didn't tend the Senior Bowl. But you have guys that are starting to be heard of like Kadarius Tony. Yeah, he. I don't know if you saw that one video where he. He had a perfect route, but he ended up dropping up the ball. I know that's gonna, that's gonna cause a lot of Eagles fans to have buyer's remorse on him. But he's a really good player, and he played in an offense that was called by I don't know if it was called by Brian Johnson, but or Dan Mullen. But you know, Brian Johnson, he'll be able to bring in, you know, he'll be able to talk to Howie about this guy from you know, Cal, Cal Pitts and Kadarius Sonya on, on if they should be drafting and what kind of player they are. So it's very I think this like I said before, this draft is very crucial to what the Eagles want to do in the future. And yeah, that's that's why I think about it.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I agree. It's it's a it's a huge draft and we've touched on it before, but um, you know, having the picking in the spot that they're at is is, is huge, being able to pick it. Pick at number six. They haven't been there in a while, so they they have to take advantage of it.
0: I don't think, I don't think you can miss at the at the number six spot. There's a lot of guys that you can, you can get a wide receiver. You can get somebody like Kyle Pitts. You can end up getting. I don't know if they're gonna go linebacker in the first round, but they can go that way. But there's a lot of players that are available, you know that. That are impact players, and they can make an impact year one, like. You know, you have guys like Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, John Hightower. They'll be in year two, so hopefully they'll be able to new offense, probably new wide receiver coach, and they'll probably be able to improve on what they did in their rookie year. And you can add somebody in a guy somebody in like Devontae Smith or uh Jamar Chase who will be who are impact players and they both help their teams to win a national championship and they'll past two years, so you want somebody like that to help this offense and add more weapons, so the offense just isn't based on one player like Miles Sanders or Dallas Scott or Deshaun Jackson if he comes back, so yeah, it's, hopefully they can improve the team, but you really don't have any confidence in Howie Roseman doing that, and hopefully the other guy, there's other scouts around him will be able to you know, change his mind on certain players and who they should draft. But it ultimately, it comes up to Howie, and once again, he's going to have final say. So it's either going to make the Eagles or it's going to break the break the Eagles and ultimately leading to his firing by Jeffrey Lurie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, see, I think that I think Howie's probably going to get another year no matter what. Um, I, I think that – I think they're going to let him go into, like, man, I don't know. I just I just don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for Lori to fire Howie. and I don't know if one year with a new head coach, if that's a poor year. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough to fire Howie because they've already said, like – he's already said – you know, they've kind of already hinted at the fact it's going to be a rebuilding year. It's not going to be, like, kind of trying to temper expectations for well. –
0: well, you're we're in the NFC, so the division is pretty trash. So it's kinda mm-hmm. you well, can win the division for probably you might win a playoff game, but not maybe not even that. So
1: Yeah, I mean I mean that's true, but Washington is only gonna probably get better. I mean, I think they're gonna build on what they did last year and, and I think Joe Judge is building a sol a pretty solid culture there and as much as I hate the Cowboys, Dak Prescott is very legit and if he comes back he, That offense is going to be freaking tough, man. And I know the NFC East has traditionally been, at least in the last few years, it's not been like a powerhouse division. Pretty much nine and seven has been able to get it done, or recently seven and nine. But I think it's going to get more competitive. Um, And I think that the I think the Eagles haven't taken didn't take advantage of the weakness of the division when it was weak. You know, because it was super weak um, as 2017 till till now. You know that that whole window, that division was was not great. Um, you know even even 2016, the Cowboys were you know they were like 13 and three or whatever, but they weren't like a it didn't, they never seemed like a powerhouse because you know they were led by a couple rookies and they obviously were one and done that year. But um, yeah, I I I think you can you can say like Oh yeah the division's trash and Eagles will have a chance next year, but you can't you can't hang on to that forever because eventually those teams are going to start to start to freaking get their shit together. So. Unless unless the Eagles really turn it around next year, I, I'm kind of pessimistic on their on their ceiling next year. But I do think the NFC East will probably still be ten wins. We'll, we'll get it done. Um, but um, yeah, the Eagles are the Eagles are going to be in a tough spot next year, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I just think they'll probably be stupid enough to try and win the division. I just think they should. I'm fine with like six and ten, seven the nine. I'm or maybe even eight and eight, but. I don't want to – as much as I want to see the Eagles win, I just – it's not going to benefit them this year. They're in a rebuild. Like mm-hmm. This is why I think they should just get players, get guys like Jamar Chase or whoever is that, who's available at number six, get them, develop them this year, and then the cap situation will probably be a 10 times better next year. So then you go get guys who are impact players who can – and then you try to go on a Super Bowl run in twenty twenty two. Like do what what happened in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen. You build a team and then you bring in veteran guys who are willing to come in and help this team win. And I I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles became a Super Bowl contender in twenty twenty two. Like how they did in like they'll probably be off the radar, but they'll probably they might win twelve games next year or how or how how many how many ever, but I just, I just thinking winning this year isn't going to make any sense.
1: Yeah, I feel you. I think, I think it's like I said with their ceiling being capped. I think that i, I pretty much agree with you there. With next year, it's probably not going to be as important, you know, how many games they can win because their, their ceiling is only going to be so high. Um, so yeah, you know, they could go nine and seven, ten six, eleven and five, or something. You know, they could get lucky and rip off a few straight games in a row. And I haven't really looked at their schedule. Um, I know yeah, it's... Eagles, they, just,
0: uh, they just released the, um, who their opponents are going to be. Let me pull that up real quick. So the home, they play the Giant, uh, the Cowboys, Giants, Washington football team. Saints, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Chargers, and 49ers. In a way, they play Dallas, New York, Washington. And then Atlanta, Panthers. Las Vegas, Denver, and, and Detroit. So the the home schedule is looking pretty daunting. They could they'll probably, I think they'll win all the NFC's games at home. Then they'll probably beat they'll probably beat the Saints, Chargers, and Forty ers I think they lose to the Chiefs and Chiefs and Bucks. But then you know it's up in the air. We don't know how this goes to team. It's easy to predict what the record is going to be now, but it mm-hmm. totally yeah, they could be six, We could predict them being six and ten, six and ten, and they could be easily be ten and six or something like that. So, yeah,
1: yeah record predictions. I used to, I used to always get beat way, and, you know, trying to predict. Like it's it's, it's too- hard it's impossible. <laughs> everyone wants to give the Eagles at least the last few years. Everyone wants to give the Eagles 11 wins like the fan base. Oh, it's 11, 12 wins. It's like, okay, you say so. <laughs> it also depends when
0: where they would when the games are being played if they're playing like a team like the Chargers and, it, yeah. and it's in December then they'll probably benefit the Eagles and playing a team like I don't I be, I've been in San Francisco. It can get pretty cold, so I'm pretty sure they're used to playing in cold weather, but we have months away until the schedule is released, so it's a little bit no plan in predicting that. but just waiting until the schedule is released. So, yeah. All righty then, we'll leave it there, and we'll get back to you guys next week, and hopefully there'll be more coaching additions to the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff, but... We'll see you next guys next week fly go fly